Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Snow is going to be the buzzword for the week and possibly for the next several weeks, given the fact that many lakes across North Dakota have an abundance of the white stuff, making it difficult to access and move around on the lake. Devil's Lake is no exception, although some access points have plowed trails. It's just that anglers aren't going to get too far away from those plowed trails unless they have a tracked vehicle. Even with them, be prepared for the possibility of getting stuck. And even with the snow issue, the east side of Devil's Lake is drawing attention for its nice perch activity. Try East Bay or Black Tiger Bay. An interesting note this year is the nice and likely unexpected appearance of the number of white bass. Normally they're a summer thing, but they've decided to show up in good numbers in some places on Devil's Lake. Anglers using tracked vehicles on Lake Ashtabula continue finding a mix of walleye and small perch. There's also activity on Jamestown Reservoir. Smaller lakes dotting North Dakota are also seeing some anglers, those that can access it, with a mix of success depending on the day. Farther west, the Missouri River tail race is still kind of slow for angler numbers, and those going are generally finding slow success, so there's probably a correlation there. Lake Audubon is slow to okay at times for walleye. Try working shallow water in the evening, deeper in the afternoon. It's fair, but inconsistent at best. It's also fair for walleye on Stanky Bay and the South Shore at Wolf Creek in 20 to 25 feet on the east end of Lake Sakakwea. The water's clear enough for pike spearing in those areas as well. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Scotty Brewer, Kyle Agri of Brewer Agri Outdoors. And we are going to be talking with a good buddy of ours. He's been on our show quite a few times, talking about many different things. Uh, This time we're going to talk about ice camping because he is probably one of the most avid ice campers that we know, Mr. Jesse Brunswick of Camping the Dakota's social media page. How are you doing, Jesse? Good morning, guys. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing very well. You know, camping in general has seen a major resurgence ever since the pandemic. And it's the same with ice camping. Ice camping is getting to be extremely popular. 
And I think a lot of it might have to do with the gear. Um, the gear is getting a little bit better, making it better for people to do it. A lot more people are getting more information on how to do it. Um, and I think it's a lot easier than what most people think. Oh, it is. It's, it's, um, it's gotten so much easier, especially in the last few years. You know, I started doing this 10, 12 years ago in an uninsulated pop-up hub. Uh, my first trip out was on Lake of the Woods for three nights. We were a little crazy back then, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, back then, uh, we're not nope. going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about pop-up hubs. I think that's really kind of the base of any ice camping, you know, besides hard houses, hard houses. A lot of people use hard, use hard houses out on the lake, and that's certainly a form of ice camping. Um, but kind of what we're talking about is doing it in soft houses and the hub houses, uh, the, the better they get, the bigger they get, um, the more that's really made it become a lot more popular. Right. Yeah. Um, especially with the advancements in the, the thermal, uh, insulation technology they have in these houses now, it's, it's just so much easier than what it used to be. You know, I started, like I said, in that fray bill that was uninsulated, and it took everything you had for heat wise to keep it warm in there. And now I'm this year is my first year. I got the Eskimo 850 XD, you know, fully thermal. It has the full walk open door or walk out door. I will be going out on Saturday for the first time in that for the year. That is amazing. And you know what? What a lot of folks who haven't been out there, Jesse, might not realize is that yes. The insulated fabric does retain the heat, and that is certainly a big piece of the equation, but it also minimizes that condensation and, and actually the uh, sense of being rained on when you're inside of that tent out in the cold, and that's huge if you're going to spend you know more than just a couple hours set up to catch a few fish. Right, and that uninsulated, the first hub that I had, we'd bring towels with and try to tuck them in or just constantly wiping off the moisture that was dripping down. It was the most annoying thing in the middle of the night. You'd have water dripping on your head or dripping on your sleeping bag and getting wet and it, yeah. You know, and, and another huge advancement, which you just mentioned in hub houses, is that full walkthrough door where you don't have to try and step into that triangle door, which is really important when when you're ice camping because you're trying to get cots in there and you're, you're bringing all that gear inside of the tent and having that full walkthrough door has got to make it so much easier now. Oh, it does. I still use my Fatfish 949i um, if I'm out doing a lot of soloing. The the whole purpose of the 850XT was for the two guys going. So, and especially when you have two guys, you have more gear, twice as much gear. That door makes life so much easier. You can walk in and out and you're not worrying about tripping or the middle of the night, you're not catching your foot because you don't see it. Okay, Jesse, one of the, the questions I have, and, and this is coming from a voice of inexperience when it comes to, to spending time in a portable shelter out there on the ice and that is flooring and you see a lot of talk a lot of chatter about people and different opinions on what to use for flooring in these things to to help keep your feet just a little bit warmer what's your uh, experience that you can share with our listeners uh the first thing that we used was tarps just to keep the moisture away um we didn't really think it ahead we were just threw a tarp in and we put it down underneath us you know to keep us off the snow and the water the next thing we did, we built a hard floor, which was great, super great insulation, but it was really, really heavy. Now you have all these different closed cell foams. Um, I use a rollout foam mat from Northern Tool. I love it. It works great. And the 949, two of them, 
covers almost the entire floor and I have about a foot and a half all the way across for drilling holes and fishing out of. A lot of other guys out there are using those workout tiles that actually go together like a puzzle. Same concept. They're just, they pack up nice and neat and, uh, you know, tight you can wrap them up or you're not trying to roll up that foam i just found that foam works really good for me because of the size like i said it, it works in that 949 so well i just haven't tried switching to anything else so jesse as far as your setup you know you, you need different you know different gear one of them is a hub house we talked about that and then now the floor is the floor probably the second most important thing that you'd need to make sure that you have set up properly Oh, 100%. Um, get, putting down that floor makes such a big difference in temperature. It, and also just keeping the temperature more regulated. You're not burning up a bunch of propane with your heater when you have that floor down. It just, like I said, it's a full 100% encasement of insulation around you at that point. So then you, you also need heater and cots. You know, I would assume cots are relatively pretty standard. Um, you know, your sleeping bags and so on and so forth. What do you do right. for lighting, lighting in your house? Because... Well, three, one, quarters, one three quarters of the day, it's going to be dark. Right. One thing to go back to on your cot, I want to mention this to a lot of people, and it took me longer than it should have to change this, but bring a sleeping pad with to put underneath your cot. Once you lay on your sleeping bag, it gets flat and there's no insulation there anymore. And it's awfully cold at night, just laying on that when you turn your heat down. So bring a sleeping pad. I can't reiterate that enough. Um, but lights, I actually use a uh, hog outdoor lighting. The guy makes a really neat kit where you can wire a bunch of them different uh, together. They come with Velcro straps, and it also comes with a dimmer. He has now where you can just plug it right onto your Markham battery, or you can uh, plug it into a cigarette lighter if you have a power pack with. It's just a really, really great lighting setup. So can you leave them hooked up even when you fold up the shack so the next time you go out? Uh, all you got to do is pop up the hub and your lighting system is there, or do you got to set it up each time? I leave these ones connected. I haven't had an issue. They're short enough where they don't get close to that center hub point when you fold it up and they're not big. They're, they're strip lights. So it's maybe a half an inch thick by, I think they're 24 inches long. So what about food? You know, I, I'm a foodie. I, I like to experiment with cooking different things, especially when you go on a trip trip or do something you know it's always a big production to do do the meals is that wise when you're doing this because i would think you kind of want to minimize a lot of stuff if you can right i bring a two burner coleman stove every time i'm going on an overnight trip um i also have a burner that goes on top of my big buddy heater but i like to actually prep most of my meals before i leave I usually always in my freezer have frozen breakfast burritos that I make. I'll make 20 of them at a time. You can pop them out, throw them on top of your big buddy heater for half an hour and you have a hot burrito. Uh, same with like different sandwiches and stuff like that. I'll prep a bunch of that stuff, wrap it in tin foil, goes right on the heater. Or, you know, there's we'll fry up steaks when we're out there sometimes with the, the Coleman stove. We like to bring a lot of venison with. Another thing is, you know, you have a, a, a weight issue. You're trying to keep your weight minimal. Like me, I don't have a snowmobile, so early ice, I'm walking all my gear out. Liquid IV instead of like Powerade and stuff like that. You just mix it in with your water. It's great. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Any any other tips? Or we got to finish up here. We got about 45 seconds. Any other quick tips that you have for people that have never done this before that might be thinking about it? 
power box is a great addition. I, I'm building my new one right now myself, the 20 amp hour lithium ion battery. Um, gives you the ability to charge your phone. It also gives you some backup power in case your electronics need a little more juice. Um, I know a lot of guys are starting to use those lithium ion power packs where you'll be able to charge your your Markham or whatever you're using off of that. You can get a charge or two off of it to, to keep it going. All right. That's awesome. This is Jesse Brunsvig. You can look him up on the Camping the Dakotas social media page. Jesse, thanks for coming on Gone Outdoors. I hope you have an amazing ice season. Thanks. I appreciate it, guys. You too. Well, it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.